This is the Dr. Tim Murphy Show, where you will learn how to tear down the mental barriers to success and health and build up a stronger you. In these podcasts, Dr. Tim Murphy offers you the tools for recovery and for surviving and thriving after trauma. There is a pathway to healing, and he does this through faith and psychology. Dr. Tim Murphy, bringing healing to your heart, your mind, and your spirit. Hello and welcome. This is Dr. Tim Murphy. Today I've got a special guest on our program, and this is someone who I've actually worked with in the past. Her name is Lorianne Oberlin. She has been the co-author for two of the books that we have put together. One book is about the angry child, and this one is called Overcoming Passive Aggression. We actually did two versions of this, uh, revise it too, and Lorianne is quite an author, but she also is a counselor. She works in the Maryland, D.C. area. She has a master's degree and a post-master's certificate in clinical counseling from Johns Hopkins University, and she keeps her practice, as I said, in Maryland. She treats children and adolescents, adults, couples, families, and has also written a number of books, but today we're going to talk about one of those books about passive-aggressive behavior. So welcome today, Lorianne. Thanks for coming to my show. Thank you for having me. You bet. Uh, so you know, we've worked together these books, but actually you and I haven't even seen each other for years and years and years. But it's been... Uh, this is true. But it's been fun working on these books. And this topic about passive-aggressive behavior. Now, I want to start off with having you define this because I hear a lot of people throwing that term around, not always having it accurately. So how do you define passive-aggression? Well... That is a very good uh, question because I think, you know, as you recall, when we were deciding on the title or the subtitle, you and I both saw the bigger umbrella picture as hidden anger. But we did go with overcoming passive aggression because we and the editors felt that it was a term that was bantered about and people would recognize and yet we knew at the get-go that we had to get everybody on the same page. So hidden anger and passive aggression specifically is a very indirect and incongruent and unproductive behavior. It's subtle at times. The person who's perpetrating it may not always know that they're doing it, or they may have planned purposely to be manipulative and obstructionist. We see it in inactivity, in procrastination, in what's omitted, uh, like stonewalling is a perfect example of that, as well as what's committed, you know, what behaviors happen. So can you give an example? What would, Usually, be, that, what would be that way of um, omitting something that would be an aggressive action? I'll give you an example. Like if, if somebody is harboring a lot of resentment, they have a lot of this buildup, you know, and you and I talk about the four stages of anger and really with hidden anger, passive aggression, boy, that first stage, all these layers, layers, if you could, you know, think of candle wax, get laid upon one another. And so maybe they are jealous, you know, there's always another emotion and maybe it's things that most people would say, like you're having a housewarming party and somebody says, oh, I, you know, your home is beautiful or I can see you've moved in well. I mean, even if they didn't like your place, they'd probably say something like that last example. You know, that can sound like a very picky kind of thing, but key to our definition in the book is that you see these little specks of behavior over time and 
they build up. So they could be a little dig of some kind. So the example you gave, oh, what a lovely house. It's amazing what you could do with something like this. So a little yeah, exactly. left kind of compliment. Yeah, exactly. It could be a backhanded. Yeah, backhanded. Exactly, exactly. But the, but the absence thing is also the time when you say, gee, I forgot to do that thing for you. Or the spouse who's, oh, I forgot you wanted milk while I was at the store. All those little things can be there. Right, right, right. Okay. Like maybe you have you have decided upon an action, your you know, let's say office setting, and then your coworker says to you, "Oh, well, I had all the data for that. You know, you should have asked me." Instead, they sat back on it. They knew you were dealing with this issue or concern, and they could have offered to make the whole team run better, or maybe just their colleagues succeed in the office. Because, hey, if, if the company or project succeeds, everybody succeeds, then, right? Then why would they do um, that? Why would they, if, if everybody succeeds, why would that person withhold information intentionally? Is it to make themselves look better? Is it to make other people look bad? What would it be? It can be both. It can be both because hidden anger often stems from harbored grudges, the need to act out or hurt out of some feeling of unfairness. And of course, that's perceived unfairness, maybe lingering resentment, maybe jealousy, because anger never exists on its own. So many people say, you know, anger is an emotion. Well, I guess it is. I mean, you see it on little emoji calendars and things. But behind anger, don't we always say that there's something else? There's anxiety or there's jealousy or there's embarrassment or this is where you really get the feeling chart out, you know, as if you're working with younger kids. But, you know, sometimes we adults can look at it, too, and really dig down what's the feeling that's going on here. And that can be what it's about. But getting back to, to finish this definition, because um, it's long, it's chronic negativity and, you know, being an obstructionist, putting a foot in somebody else's path. And one of the ways that, that's a hallmark that you can kind of look and say, hmm, I wonder if this is passive aggressive, is that they're kings and queens of the mixed messages. They will say one thing, but their behavior says way another thing. And what do we normally pay attention to? Pay attention, attention to usually. Yeah. Yeah. To, well, to what to what we see. No, we pay attention to our to what people do, and then of course what they say is gnawing at us. If I were to sit with my arms crossed and legs crossed and I have a pout on my face and yet I say, oh, I'm not upset, mm. you know, but I sure look upset, right? Yeah, we've all seen that kind of person. And that uh, will really sabotage communication as it goes through. So let's let's talk about that sabotage with that. Because obviously there is the workplace, there is the family place too. Let's I want to talk about the workplace too, but in terms of relationships, this sabotage of um, of the hidden anger can be something that can really undo relationships. And of course, it's better if people talk things through. But a lot of times, people don't. They simmer and sither. They just go through these slimy kind of approaches to things. How do you handle that in a relationship when you're with someone who is using the hidden anger, um, maybe intentionally, to sabotage that relationship? Well, good question. Um, you know, first off, passive aggressors are great at trying to escape 
um, responsibility. They will use a lot of you statements because they're defensive. They you know, can't own up to their own responsibility in things. They fear conflict. And um, sometimes they have these plausible excuses. And it leaves the person in the relationship feeling really frustrated, confused by the mixed messages that I mentioned, and feeling, you know, blamed, like suddenly they're the bad guy. Well, how do you handle it? Because I'll tell you, passive aggressive people can send you into orbit quicker than most things, yeah. um, you know, you want to make sure that you encourage open and honest conversation, which is a challenge for people who avoid conflict, avoid their feelings and their answers to you, maybe one word answers or I'm fine or you ask what's going on, nothing. Those are the kinds of terse responses that you may get. You want to make sure that if you confront, which you actually should confrontation gets this bad rap, but you can do it in a soft startup kind of way. Hey, you know, this doesn't seem like you. I've noticed that. That's an I message. You want to reject the behavior, not the person. And you want to make sure that you are reining in your reactivity. So your escalation doesn't go off the charts. You do want to look at your people-pleasing meter because you don't want to be like Gumby where you're bending over backwards to, to please everybody or this particular person. And, you know, you want to choose, pick and choose what is most important to you. You know, what, what, where are your values? What do you really think needs to be discussed? Because you can't kitchen sink everything, you know, the, the, the conversation will just go off the rails. So, at that point. But what you're describing here is a remedy to this is direct conversation, commenting on one's own feelings, giving their own feedback in this. Uh, it's also important to point out, as you know, that when someone is disagreeing with you, that doesn't mean they're being passive aggressive. It's uh, you can have discussions and, and other problems there and there can be there can even be miscommunication. That's not passive aggressive. Your 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 definition is saying that there's a reason for that. They're really trying to undermine, to sabotage, to destroy, either because of their own problems or they're mad and they want to stick it to you. Well, well, typically, but again, you know, the, the, it's it's so convoluted. That's why we filled the pages and chapters of an entire book with examples and charts and resources. People might not always know that they have an anger problem. If they are really out of touch with their emotions, if they grew up in a home where that was not allowed, they're really, you know, they're they're at a huge disadvantage. So, uh, do you mean um, as if they don't even know they're doing it? They can. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've said that in the book that, that that sometimes it does look very purposeful and very manipulative and people might be trying to even catch people and create a context in which they can continue to have their anger brew and fester because guess what? If their anger brews and festers, then they're right, right? And they don't have to change and it's all the other person and it allows them to escape responsibility and get their way. But there is a faction of people that I believe don't always have the best sense of self and they get wrapped up in a number of things, including addictions and other you know, health challenges and maybe even an enmeshed family 
and they don't know really what's going on. But, you know, you raised an important point here that you told me you wanted to talk about, and that is what it, what is not passive aggressive? Yeah, we can all give an occasional look or a sigh or a nonverbal that, yeah, it's not the best representation of us. That doesn't make us passive aggressive. We can all be sarcastic once in a while. And if we're trying to aim for comedy and we're among people that we know that will be received well, then sure. Sometimes do we miss the mark, though? Does somebody maybe take offense that we didn't know might not like a joke or something? That, again, doesn't make us passive aggressive. I think over time is key to our definition of when you need to reach for our book or reach for help on the topic, you know, further reading. I just did a blog this week on psychology today. If you go to like tinyurl.com backslash hidden dash anger dot help or dash help, um, there's some, you know, common tactics and, and some solutions there. But, you know, what else is is passive aggressive not? Well, it's not when there is another mental health condition or other um, explanation, maybe, you know, including if somebody is going through a really tough time, maybe a temporary kind of thing like grief and trauma or um, something like that. But again, you and I are talking about the more problematic mm -hmm. anger in our book. So let me bring this up in today's workspace. A lot of people are very concerned about being very sensitive to everybody else there. I mean, I, I understand nobody wants to work in a toxic workplace where people are mean and, and, and attacking and, um, and destructive. But we sometimes have oversensitive workplaces where people feel I'm not being fulfilled enough or they want uh, special attention or they want special rewards. It's like everybody getting the participation trophy when sometimes you just got to go to work and grind it out and do your job, for goodness sakes. So mm -hmm. um, in there, th that's where some people will, can play games with this too, right? They can say, you know, you're not respecting me enough, and so I'm not going to respect you back or complaints. Uh, what, how do people handle this in the workplace of today where there is this, um, this underground anger that keeps coming up with the, play, with the way that people undermine each other's work? Well, I mean, I think in general, how how do people stop being passive aggressive might be part of what we, we talk about here. I mean, there's so many different types of passive aggressive characters in the workplace. We, again, we've filled our chapter with some of that. But I think that, you know, number one, we have to look at, well, you know, why are we in the, the workplace to begin with? It is to serve an employer. So many people think, what's in it for us. And when you look at a young person's first resume, sometimes it's about, you know, what they have to, you know, offer the world or what they, they want, you know, to, to see in the world. And it's not as employer focused as it is self-focused. So that's one place to start is maybe people haven't grown away from that. You know, we talk about different behaviors like control, manipulation, the immature type of passive aggressor, the self-absorbed, and the depressed throughout all of our chapters in the book. And then within the workplace chapter, there's many more 
types of characters. But let's go to that immature one that I think you were alluding to. I mean, sometimes people just don't understand their job is to go to work. It isn't the other way around, you know, that the employer is there to just provide for you. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, some adjustment taking place there. I want to mention the name mm-hmm. of the book. The name of the book, again, is Overcoming Passive Aggression. Authors are Lorian Hoff Oberlin or Lorian Oberlin myself. We love writing this book together, and it's still out there uh, available to people through Amazon and um, Barnes and Noble and other book sites as well. I want to ask you one more thing in our couple minutes left, and that is how do we prevent passive aggressive behavior from even happening? It starts young. Um, I think that we need to teach our kids today to have a range of emotion and emotional vocabulary. And we need as adults to practice that too. We want to especially watch when we are adding to our families that, you know, the, the research of Milan and Davis was truly inspiring for me. When we don't bring siblings on in a good way and we force kids to grow up and they feel that the attention due them has been robbed from them, they can tend to be resentful and possibly, you know, that's a foundation for life and coping. Um, We want to encourage open and honest discussions that build interpersonal skills. We want to model an open family versus a closed family. That is, a closed family is one that outsiders aren't let in. Um, Everybody has to think the same way. Everybody's thinking is on top of one another in a sense, and there's very little flexibility. And for anybody, you know, entering, you know, it's, it's not fair. And we want to treat depression because, you know, there is this dysthymic quality or you know, sort of the the walking wounded, the Eeyore-ish type behavior that now we call persistent depressive disorder. But if we don't treat depression in its early stages and it goes on for several years, it can become a chronic state of negativity, which is also part of this hidden anger component that we're talking about. Mm, and, you know, one more thing I want to point the audience to here is that there is a Facebook page for overcoming passive aggression. If you are on Facebook, just type in all one word, overcoming passive aggression. And I update that page periodically with uh, new material, not just things we create, but things other people um, create and good sources of material. So yeah, you know, visit us on Facebook. My website, laurianoberlin.com has a books page and our books, The Angry Child and Overcoming Passive Aggression, which is available in ebook, paperback, and on Audible. Excellent. You, know, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say those things, but I repeat it's laurianoberlin.com. That's L-O-R-I-A-N-N-O-B-E-R-L-I-N.com. Really appreciate you being with us today on the program. It's great to talk to you again. Yeah, keep, it keep, is. Keep up the we great work. We do this more often. Yeah, we do more often. Yeah, it's fun. And listen, folks, don't be afraid of passive-aggressive behavior and anger in your own life. There's things you can do about it and hope you will look at this book, Overcoming Passive Aggression by Lorianne Oberlin and Tim Murphy. Thank you for listening. And if you have any comments or questions or suggestions for a future podcast, please send them to me through my website, drtimmurphy.com. And you can also find more information about healing from trauma in my book, The Christ Cure, 10 Biblical Ways to Heal from Trauma, Tragedy, and PTSD.
And please subscribe to my other podcasts. I really appreciate you listening to my podcast, but they do cost money to produce, so I'm asking for your help in a way that's going to help you too through this really cool product. Now, have you ever picked up a towel set because it felt really soft in the store, but then when you go home to use it, it's not very absorbent and it doesn't dry you? That's why my pillow has developed the My Pillow Towels. So they have an amazing offer of only $29.98 on a six-piece set of My Pillow Towels. So just go to mypillow.com and if you click on the radio podcast specials and enter promo code Dr. Tim, that's D-R-T-I-M. That's mypillow.com, promo code Dr. Tim. I think you're going to love it. I'm Dr. Tim Murphy. I look forward to speaking with you next time. 